Hosanna to the Son of David. Hosanna to the Most High. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. We celebrate Palm Sunday today. We're sorry you're not here, but we're glad you're able to join us again uh, by live stream and by Facebook Live. Thank you for tuning in, and we pray that you feel God's spirit today as we worship him in spirit and in truth, and as we kick off this holy week. I hope you'll join us later in the week uh, to, uh, for some of our other services that will be uh, on live stream and on Facebook Live, and we pray that uh, you will feel his presence throughout this whole week as we look towards the Resurrection Sunday next week. This morning, God is great, and he has done great things, and he continues to do great things. To God be the glory, great things he has done. Will you join as we worship together?
Wow, what a powerful and what a beautiful message and song. And I am so grateful that we serve a, an awesome, mighty God who sets us free from our sin, from our burden, from our past, from our guilt, can even set us free from this virus that has attacked us so viciously. And every week there's an opportunity where we have a time together of prayer and I've been saying this over the last several weeks. Your family room can be an altar of prayer. Where you are in your bedroom can be an altar. Maybe you're with some friends uh, outside. Maybe you have uh, gathered in, in your prayer closet. But wherever you may be, this is a time where we can humble ourselves before an almighty God and, and we can pray to Him and He'll lift us up. And on this special day, we want to acknowledge again just how great and awesome our God is and what a special place we have to worship here. And, and I know it's, it's not the same as being here in person, but we pray that soon and very soon we'll all be back together again and that will be a wonderful day. But at this time, if you would, just go to the Lord in prayer with me. Father, thank you for being an awesome, powerful God. And we know, Father, that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And God, we thank you for your presence. Lord, I know I feel your presence here in this place. I pray that folks might feel your presence wherever they might be. And Father, we come to just praise you and to glorify you and to exalt you and to sing Hosanna to the King. And Father, we just pray that you would hear our praises and that you would know our hearts, that we love you and we praise you. And Lord, we also come today with our worries and our fears and our anxieties and our concerns and our sickness and our brokenness with our financial worries. Oh God, we pray that you would meet us right where we are. I pray, oh God, that you would bring healing to those folks that are battling this terrible virus. We pray, oh God, that you would bring comfort to those who are anxious and give them a gentle peace that comes from faith in you. And Father, we pray again that you would put a hedge of protection around our families and our homes and our businesses. And Father, that again, there would not be any loss, but Lord, that, that you would be glorified again through this storm that we're going through. And Father, I pray that you would bless those again that are hurting and grieving. Would you comfort them? Father, for all the folks that are on our prayer list that are battling sickness and illness, whether it be in the hospital or maybe it's taking ongoing treatment, so oh God, bring healing and protection to them. And Father, we continue to pray for all of our leaders on the national level and local that you would give them wisdom and strength as they lead. And Father, I pray again that our nation and our world would turn to you and turn back to you, that we would seek you first, God, in your righteousness. And we know you'll take care of all these other needs. And Father, as we enter into this holy week, many of us have been fasting and praying. And I pray, oh God, that as we enter into this holy week, that our hearts would be prepared not only for this worship today, but for all of our times of worship this week and as we approach Easter. Father, may our hearts be in tune with yours and it will truly be a day of celebration on Resurrection Sunday. Thank you, O oh God, that through your power we are raised up from our sin and we're raised up, Father, from our guilt we're raised up from our depression and our anxiety. And we're raised up, oh God, from our worry and fear. 
We just thank you, O oh God, for the victory we have in Jesus Christ. And I pray now, Father, that you would again bless every person, wherever they might be, at their home or, Father, in another state or, Father, wherever they might be worshiping today. May they feel your Holy Spirit. And I pray, God, that you would sing through Michael in just a moment and and God, that you would speak through your word and through your servant, that we might be drawn closer to you. And Father, if there are those watching today who have never given their hearts and lives fully surrendered to Jesus, that today would be the day of salvation for many. And this would be a new beginning, Father, as we walk in newness of life with Jesus Christ. So Father, we love you and we praise you we just continue to commit this service to you. In the strong and holy name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you so much, our ladies, for playing so beautifully today and for our worship team that led today. And, and after the reading of God's Word, Michael Markham is going to come back and, and share with us. Thank you, Michael, for being here. And I pray God would sing through you today. Uh, this morning, if you want to turn with me in your Bible to Matthew chapter 27, Matthew chapter 27, we'll begin reading with verse 45. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord.
restless heart beats so imperfectly. But when I come and I am filled with wonder, sometimes I think I glimpse eternity. so much Michael what a beautiful powerful message and song and thank you again for being a part of this service today and allowing the Holy Spirit to be present again wherever you might be every week I always like to share a little humor and I believe again it is good medicine during our time of, of worry and anxiousness and maybe you all have seen this on Facebook but a friend sent me it was a caption at the top that said after isolation and there were two women talking and one said to the other uh, woman said uh, where is your husband the wife replied to the friend he's out in the garden the friend said to the wife I didn't see him the wife said you may have to dig a little bit <laughs> no laugh track today sorry but and then I loved seeing the uh, coffee mug that had on there, uh, wash your hands and pray. Jesus and germs are everywhere. And I love to believe that the presence of the Lord is with us even during a time such as this. But you know, through the years, y'all have heard me joke a lot about my family and I eating out frequently. And that's because of our hectic schedule, running kids here and there. and. And we've eaten out quite a bit. When we used to yell to our children that it was time to eat, they would all go get in the car and they would be ready to go. But through the years, we would eat out a lot. And you all have heard me mention, uh, especially with my older two children, going to McDonald's a lot. We would go to eat breakfast at McDonald's on a regular occasion. And each time we would go to McDonald's, we would see some of the same people. Uh, we would see the, the Liars Club made up of some old men who would be gathered there. We would see some older couples and individuals who would sit together. And, and every time we went to McDonald's, we felt like Norm going into Cheers. Everyone knew our name and they were always glad that we came. But why were these folks gathered at McDonald's? Well. Sure, the coffee is fine and the breakfast was, was good and fine, but I believe a, a big part of why these folks went to McDonald's is so they could have interaction with other people. They loved having that personal contact with friends, people that knew their name and they enjoyed fellowshipping together. It was much like that if you've gone to uh, Walmart or Kroger before where you might see an elderly person or a single person or, or someone walking around with just one or two items in their cart. Sure, they needed some items, but I believe they were looking for interaction with people. They would walk around for, for hours at a time just hoping to have contact with an employee or hoping to make contact with a, another shopper or familiar face or a friend. 
They were just looking for some kind of personal uh, contact. There was probably no lonelier time than when Jesus Christ went to the cross. We learn in Matthew 26, 56 that all the disciples had deserted Him and had fled. And we see Jesus Christ uh, who is suffering lonely on a cross. And when we see this picture of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, uh, we can't help but be moved. And it's very difficult to think that the spotless Lamb of God would love you and me so much that He would take our place on the cross. You see, Jesus was uh, condemned to death by three bogus trials and a fourth by a people's court. And he was to suffer on an old, rugged Roman cross, an emblem of suffering and shame. Execution on the cross was one of the most horrific ways ever devised for someone to die. It was on that cruel, rugged cross that Jesus Christ would not die from loss of blood, but from exhaustion. Someone would would die after they did not have a breath left in them, after suffering. And to make it even more humiliating, Jesus Christ, the perfect one, the only perfect person ever to live, would die a humiliating death between two guilty criminals on the cross. And today, when we look at the Scripture that we just read, we, we see some of the most dra dramatic and difficult words that we could ever hear Jesus Christ share. Because Jesus Christ is in a painful, lonely place. And maybe that's where you are today. You are in a painful, lonely place. Maybe you are a, an elderly person. Maybe you are a single person. Maybe you're a couple, but you're used to, to being around people. Maybe even if you're a larger family, this is a lonely season for each and every one of us. Yes, we are having to quarantine and, and we are having to isolate ourselves for our good and for everyone else's. And we understand that. But because of this quarantining and isolating, we find ourselves longing for personal contact, for personal interaction. We find ourselves longing to be together with our church family back at church. I don't know about you, I miss the handshakes. I miss the hugs. I miss the smiles. And I pray right now that, that you too are missing being together as a family of faith. I, I'm air hugging you right now. If you want to reach out and air hug me, uh, please do so. I'm air hugging you. And I pray that you would feel the warmth of the Spirit of God embracing you as we worship together today. So what do we do when we feel lonely, when we feel anxious, when we feel, as someone said, overwhelmed? Well, I believe the first thing we ought to do is we need to cry out to God. We need to cry out to God. In our scripture passage out of Matthew 27, verse 45 and 46, it said, from about noon to three, a darkness came over all the land and Jesus cried out in a loud voice. From about noon to three, darkness covered the whole land and about three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice. A darkness came over all the land. Why was it so dark? Well, I believe it was so dark because it expressed the moral anguish of Christ taking our sin and our punishment. It was the judgment of God. I believe it was so dark because it symbolized those who had uh, the darkness of those who had rejected Christ. 
I believe it was so dark because there was mourning like this world has ever known that took place when Jesus died on the cross for your sin and for mine. Do you remember back in Egypt before the, the last plague of the Passover, it said that darkness came across the land. A darkness, it said in Exodus 10.21, that could be felt. And now we see before the Passover that the Lamb of God was to be slain. A darkness came over the land. And maybe that's today how we feel that this coronavirus is a darkness that's come over all the land. It's come over all the world. And so how do we respond to this darkness? Well, we cry out to God because we know that God hears our cries and we know that God cares. Do you remember in Exodus chapter 3, uh, verse 8, it says that the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. Please know today that God hears your cries and mine, and He is concerned about our suffering, about our loneliness, about our pain. And I think about what the psalmist David, a man after God's own heart, said in Psalm 142.6. It said, I cried out to the Lord, for I am in desperate need. And then in Psalm 145, verse 18, it said that, that God is close or near to those who call on Him. And I know today that God is close to us when we call on Him or when we cry out to Him. And I hope today that you are crying out to Him during this dark time. Did you know that there are a lot of folks, some of you all watching today, that are we're already going through a dark time on top of the coronavirus. You are already suffering through this season of darkness that we have been going through. I have prayed with some folks and cried out with them to God. I have prayed with one who is so anxious about this season that we're in, crying out to God that He would bring them a peace and a comfort in the midst of their anxiety. I have cried out and prayed with someone who has a family member in prison and they are also battling cancer. We have cried out and prayed together. I have prayed with three different people who have lost loved ones during this season of darkness and we have cried out to God to bring comfort and peace in the midst of their suffering. I have prayed and cried out with many shut-ins and senior adults who are lonely and feel isolated during this dark season that we're going through. And yes, I've even prayed with and cried out with one whose loved one is suffering from the coronavirus. But we know that God is with us even during the midst of this dark time. It was a dark time like the world had ever known when Jesus was on the cross. And yet, He cried out in a loud voice. And I pray we would cry out to God in our worry, in our fear, in our anxiety, in our pain, in our loneliness, in our isolation, in our suffering, that we would cry out to God. But then secondly, we learn from this powerful text that we are to cast our difficult questions upon God. To cast our difficult questions upon God. What did Jesus cry out to God the Father? My God! My God! Why have you forsaken me? And when He said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that was a mixture of Hebrew and, and Aramaic. But what he was saying, he was directing that question to God the Father. My God, 
my God, why have you forsaken me? And maybe that's how you feel today. You feel that God has forsaken you. Jesus, as a matter of fact, was quoting what David had said in Psalm 22, verse 1. David prayed this same prayer. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? So far from the groanings of my words. And maybe that's how you feel today. You feel like God has abandoned you or, or forsaken you. You feel anxious. You feel overwhelmed. You feel lonely. But then we learn through uh, three beautiful words that Pastor Rick Warren had given. He said that we should ask these three things or remind ourselves of these three things when we feel that God is distant. He said the first thing we should do when we feel that God is distant is tell Him exactly how we feel. Tell Him exactly how we feel. You know, as we were around the supper table uh, the other night, and, and I failed to tell you at the beginning, we have been eating home every meal for the last three weeks. I talked about us going out to eat all the time. Well, my, my sweet wife, and I'm trying to get some brownie points right now, my sweet wife has been cooking delicious meals every day with the variety. And it's, it's been wonderful to uh, see what we're going to have. That, that's one of the first things that the children ask in the morning is, what are we having for dinner tonight? What's for supper tonight? And, and so we've had some quality time around the table, and maybe you have as well. But as we were sitting around the table the other evening, and, and after we were finishing up our meal, we've been doing some devotions at that time. We've been talking and and I asked my children and my wife how they were feeling during this dark time that we were in. I said to my eight-year-old, Aunt Catherine, Aunt Catherine, how do you feel, feel? And she said, afraid. She had some fear. And I said, that's very normal to feel afraid. And I said, but remember, uh, what David said in, in Psalm 56.3, when I am afraid, I will trust in you. So we know God is with us. I asked my 14-year-old daughter, Sophie, how do you feel? And she said, friendless. I miss being with all my friends, even though she might talk on the phone or even FaceTime. She said, I miss that interaction with my friends. And I want to remind you that Jesus Christ is a friend that will stick closer than a brother even during this season. I asked my 16-year-old son, Isaiah, how do you feel, son? And he said, frustrated. He's on the bass fishing team at school, and this is a time when they would be doing fishing tournaments out on the lake and with his granddad and his boat partner. And, and he said, I feel frustrated that I can't be out doing the things that I want to be doing. I asked my wife, Kelly, how do you feel? And she said, this is kind of weird, but she said, and I don't mean it to sound this way, she said, I'm having fun being with everybody. It's almost like we're on a camping trip or we're on vacation. What are we going to eat and what are we going to do? And, and she said, I, mean, I don't want people to think this is fun. She goes, you don't have to share what I share, but I'm telling them, Kelly, you said it was fun trying to discover, hey, what are we going to eat? Uh, we don't have to worry about where we're going to go because we're not going anywhere. But she said, it's fun being with everyone. And then I turned the question on myself. How do I feel? And I can't help but thinking this is a time of faith building. This is a time where the Lord is getting my attention, hopefully, prayerfully, your attention, and that we're growing in our faith like we have never grown before. That we are praying more. We are crying out to God. We're reading God's Word. We're, we're spending quality time with our family. And we're talking about things that are most important. Not a lot of the frivolous things that we talk about and places we go and things we do that we can do without. I pray that this is a time of faith building for all of us. But that's the first thing 
Rick Warren said we ought to do, tell God exactly how you feel. And I think about Job who experienced all of his calamity and all of his loss and when he felt all alone and his own wife told him to curse God and die. Remember what Job said in Job chapter 7, verse 11. He said, I will not keep silent. I will speak out in the anguish of my spirit. So we must cry out to God. He already knows. Tell Him exactly how you feel, whether it's frustrated or afraid or you feel lonely or friendless or, or even if you think this is fun. Tell Him exactly how you feel. But then secondly, he said we must focus on God and, and on His unchanging nature. To focus on God and His unchanging nature. We read in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we know that even though the time in which we're living has changed, Jesus Christ is the same and he's unchanging in his nature and when we focus on him then we can have a sense of security and and stability knowing that he's not changing even though everything around us is and i pray we're changing to become more like jesus christ but then lastly it says that we must trust god and his promises that we must put our trust in God and in His promises when we feel that God is distant. And one of the most beautiful passages which you've heard me share so many times through the years, Proverbs chapter 3, 5 and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. Isn't that beautiful? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. We can't figure all this craziness out. But if we would acknowledge Him and cry out to Him, He will make our path straight. He will get us through this dark time if we trust in Him. And then we trust in promises like Hebrews 13.5. Even though Christ was forsaken, He felt forsaken on the cross, he tells us in Hebrews 13, 5, Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. And then Paul shares these beautiful road words in Romans chapter 8, verse 39. He said, Nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Man, I love that promise. Nothing in all creation will be able to separate us. Not even coronavirus. Nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. I want you to know that Jesus died on the cross for you and for me. So we would not have to pay the penalty, the, the payment for what we deserve. And now because of His love and His mercy and grace, we can get through these dark seasons when we place our faith and trust in Him, knowing that He's going to be with us. That's a promise. He will never leave us nor forsake us. You know, last night I was um, praying and working on this message, uh, and I had been studying up in my bedroom, and I had gone downstairs to to get a snack and my phone was upstairs on my bed and when I'd gotten back upstairs I, I had a missed call and they left a, a message and it was one of our members who had left a message and he began to share with me on that message that he had a neighbor who was desiring to give his life to Christ and he said with all this coronavirus going on and everything that's happening in our world, he said, would you help me lead my neighbor to the Lord? He said, I think it's important that we would help get him saved tonight. And then he could be baptized at a later date. 
I want you to know, I immediately called my friend, and it was church member Jim Scott. I hope he doesn't mind me sharing his name. And uh, he said, Todd, my neighbor, we were talking tonight, and, and he's got a family, and, and with the uncertainty of what's going on, he wants to be saved. He wants to give his life to the Lord. And, and I told him, you know, that, that he could be baptized at a later date. And he wanted to be baptized in the river. And Jim said, I told him you do baptisms at the Elkhorn Creek. And he said he'd love that. And so while on the phone with Jim, he went to his neighbor and, and, uh, and he said, if you'll help walk me through it, that I want my neighbor to know the Lord, and if something were to happen, he'll be saved tonight for eternity. And so as I was talking to him, Jim just said, I tell you what, I'm going to just let you talk to him on the phone. And he gave the phone to his neighbor, and this family actually has been visiting our church, and the gentleman, Ronnie, and I, I won't share his last name, was so kind and humble and I could just feel the spirit of the Lord even on the other end of the phone and and I said Ronnie did you know that God loves you yes do you know that God forgives you and me of our sin yes I do I said are you ready to receive Jesus Christ into your heart as your Lord and Savior and he said yes I am and I said, well, man, I can pray with you. I said, it's a prayer we pray called the sinner's prayer. And, and I said, I'd love to pray. He said, can you hold on a minute? I want to get my wife because I want her to be here when I do this. And he went and got his wife and he prayed a simple prayer. Dear God, I confess that I'm a sinner. Lord Jesus, please forgive me of all my sins. I ask you to come into my heart. Thank you, God, for saving me. I love you, Jesus. He prayed that prayer, and then I prayed with him at the, the end of his prayer. And I have to tell you, I was moved. I said, man, you have made my day. You have made my week. <laughs> you have made my month. I said that the Spirit of God is still moving. And he said, well, I've been going through some tough times these last couple weeks. And he said, this is exactly what I've needed to do. Then even went on to share that he had some other family members who would like to do the same thing. And, and he said, I, I would love to be baptized on my birthday, which is in July. And I said, I pray that we'll be able to baptize you in July on your birthday but maybe you're here today you're watching today and through this dark time you're finally seeing the light maybe through the darkness that has covered the entire world we are being brought down to our knees to see the truth that Jesus is the way the truth and the life that no one comes to the Father except through Him. Maybe through this time of uncertainty and fear and anxiety and being overwhelmed, we are getting our spiritual houses in order. And you can be like my friend Ronnie. You can pray that prayer today and have the blessed assurance that no matter what happens on this old earth, you will be with the Lord in glory and eternity. That's why Jesus died, that we might experience life and life everlasting. Or maybe you're a parent and through this time you've realized that you've not been the best parent. That you've spent more time away from your family than with your family and you're growing in your relationship with your husband or your wife or your children or children with your parents. Instead of everybody going this way and that way, you're growing together for such a time as this. Or maybe you are a Christian and again, you've, you've gotten away from what you know should be most important. And now you're feeling lonely. You're, you're feeling again overwhelmed and, 
and you're going to come back to the Lord today, well, He'll welcome you with open arms and receive you, and He'll never forsake you. He'll be with you through the presence of the Holy Spirit. But I pray today that whatever you're feeling, and maybe you want to discuss this with your family today, express how you're feeling, talk about those feelings, but most importantly, tell God exactly how you feel, and He will bring a peace and a calmness that passes all understanding. That's a promise from the Word of God. May we pray together. Father, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment that if there are folks watching that have never given their lives fully surrendered to Jesus, that they might be like my friend Ronnie, now my brother in the Lord Ronnie, that they might during this dark time come to the light of Christ. God, I'm thankful for my friend, my brother in the Lord Jim, who was faithful to share with his neighbor, even during this dark season, he was sharing the light because Jim had seen the light and now he's sharing the light, which has been our 2020 vision. And I pray, God, that there would be others who would come to know you even today uh, through this dark season. Or Lord, I pray maybe there are folks that need to recommit their lives to you, that they're going from this day forward to live the kind of life that a Christian should live, to be the right kind of parent or the right kind of spouse or the right kind of child and to respect and honor their parents and obey their parents in the Lord. Or Father, maybe there are folks uh, like a couple who joined uh, this past, a couple of weeks ago. Maybe someone wants to unite with this church family. Even now, God, I pray that they would come and do so. And we'll just give you all the praise and the glory, Father, again, for your faithfulness and for your love and for your sacrifice for us. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing a, a hymn of commitment or invitation. And, and wherever you are, maybe you can tell your spouse or your parent or your child that you've received Christ into your life and you're making, them, making it known to them. Or feel free to call me or one of our staff this week and we would love to pray with you. But this will be a time of commitment as we sing together.
what a beautiful song, what a beautiful commitment to come to Jesus and know that he would lift us from our fear and our worry, even our tombs of grief and sorrow into his wonderful light. Thank you so much for worshiping with us today. It's a beautiful day, and I pray that you would again feel God's blessings and see his face shining down on you wherever you might be. I want to remind you of a few announcements. Don't forget again, each afternoon right after this service, we send out some discussion questions. I hope that you will gather around the table with your spouse or you can call a friend or FaceTime and do these questions with your family. That takes the place of our evening worship. And then today was supposed to be our annual walk to the cross for the Annie Armstrong Easter offering. We are postponing that to a later date. We were trying to figure out a creative way to do that. If you have already prepared to give, this goes to our North American missionaries. Please feel free to do so, but we will have a target time for you to be able to give that offering to help those that are spreading the light and love of Jesus. Then don't forget, this is Holy Week. I hope that you will join us Wednesday night at 6. On Thursday night, we'll have our Monday, Thursday communion service. We invite you and your family on that night to take communion where you are whether it be grape juice and crackers or whatever juice you may have and a piece of bread, but it's symbolic as we will share communion together on Thursday evening at 6 and then Friday morning, 6.30 a.m. We will be uh, broadcasting and we want you to have a time of prayer maybe at the cross at your house or a cross in your house, but I'll be leading this in a time of prayer and I believe we're gonna have some special music It'll be a special time, and then I hope you'll be inviting neighbors and friends to join us for worship next Sunday, Easter Sunday at 11 o'clock. It's going to be a little different than we're used to, but nonetheless, it will be a powerful service as we worship our resurrected Lord. But thank you again for worshiping with us today, and we're going to close by singing a, a song, and again, God bless you, and we love you as we weather this storm together. Oh. 